I might look at my phone every so often, but it's not. Oh, that's fine. I'm not looking He's at texting. Facebook. I'm texting. <laughs> hey, you up? <laughs> no, nothing. Just some stupid <laughs> No, I'm free. <laughs> and then we get that whole, like, porky pig. <laughs> <laughs> and sometimes that's fun. But sometimes, sometimes, yeah, you're talking about your emotions. And <laughs> you want to sound smart. She gets really excited. It sounds like my mom. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> your girlfriend sounds like my mom. <laughs> I'm dating your mom, Zach. <laughs> oh my God, that would be great. I need a new dad. <laughs> my prom date ended up dancing with somebody else the whole night. And then Aww. I was gay later. <laughs> so, and that's why. And that's why. That's why you have to dance with your prom date. Because they'll turn out gay <laughs> By later. midnight. Otherwise, <laughs> the spell will not be broken. You know, I had a prom date and I did... I don't think I danced with him the entire night either. And now I'm a lesbian. Let us know if this tracks. (laughs) (laughs) Should we start the show? Let's start the show. Excellent. Beautiful. Hey, everybody. Hi. I'm Haley. And I'm Zach. And we're, we're not, not together. together. How are you, Zach? I'm great. Can you tell? Um, I don't know if all the listeners can tell because this is an audio medium. Mm-hmm. But I'm coming in to this episode with some new haircut energy. I think they can hear it. Okay, great. Yeah. I can hear it. I hope they can. It's um, Gays are at their most powerful when they've had a, a new haircut. It's I, just a known fact. It's emanating off of you. It's like Captain America walking out of that, you know, that big muscle machine that they had in that movie. <laughs> It feels like that. You look great. Thank you. I'm feeling it, like legitimately. <laughs> do you, uh, how often do you get a haircut? Like twice a year. Never. <laughs> do you ever do like locks for love or something like that? I thought about it. I mm-hmm. legitimately thought about it because my hair used to be, my hair is pretty long, but it used mm-hmm. to be crazy long. Like, to your butt? Pretty close. Yeah. Like m- kind of to my lower back. Like a horse. Like a horse girl. Yeah. And I actually like went to my, um, the lady who cuts my hair and I was like I actually think I'm gonna grow it out uh this time so I can then you know chop it all off and and donate it and she was like no (laughs) (laughs) nobody wants that please don't she just said no (laughs) no explanation well she wouldn't let me cut it that short oh okay she said no because your your head would look crazy or something apparently I would look crazy with really short hair I mean and I don't want really short hair but I was like well I can live with like Bob if you do like this so it would have gone to like just under my chin Hmm. and she was like no I feel like you'd look like Debbie Downer if you I feel like (laughs) if you did that you would look like Debbie Downer yeah well I think she's right like I don't I don't look good with short hair but um she just (laughs) (laughs) no she said fuck locks of love (laughs) what's more important is how you look those people are just gonna have to starve (laughs) or whatever whatever we do with that hair (laughs) I don't know. I just got the hair. I don't know where it goes. <laughs> yeah, uh. they eat it. <laughs> <laughs> to feed hungry, hungry people. <laughs> Whatever you need to do. Um, beautiful. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I don't have a segue from here. I don't know where we go from here. No, I don't either. Uh, where do we go from hair? Where do we go from hair? Well, cool. I have an idea. You have an idea? Go for it. Yeah. Well, where we can go from hair mm-hmm. is introduce our guest. Eugene Huffman, who is an artist, an advocate, and a curator. Hi. 
Hi. Thanks Hi, Eugene. for having me. No thanks problem. Thanks for coming on. Thanks for coming. Yeah. And thanks for <laughs> dealing with our hair eating segment. Yeah. We have but. a hair eating segment <laughs> episode, and thank you for sitting through it. Yeah. Well, you're quite white. We are at our most powerful. I just had a haircut. Did so. you? Well, yeah. I can I tell. Did too. Haircut it's coming. Color, so. Every gay did this weekend for whatever reason, but yeah. Yeah, <laughs> it's really it's really working for you. Where do you go for your haircut? Uh, I actually see a really good friend of mine, Danica mm-hmm. Schaefer. I I call her. Um, um, Marilyn, uh, not Manson, but <laughs> <laughs> Marilyn Mansfield, because she looks like a cross between uh, Marilyn Monroe and Jane Mansfield. Incredible. Wow. <laughs> it's such an important relationship, the barber, like, patient thing or <laughs> whatever. <laughs> totally. Well, you have to find the right person that you just gel with on, like, it might be more important than actually dating somebody, honestly. It's crazy, because it, I mean, it lasts longer than most Relationship, true, <laughs> and they're gonna have scissors right next to your face more often. <laughs> That's true. Hey, the razor. Yeah, <laughs> not to kink shame here, but you know, I mean, unless I mean, maybe in, if you're in the scissors, <laughs> could be. I mean, that's fine. Um, but no, I mean, like, we, like I said, Irina flat out just told me what I could and couldn't do with my mm-hmm. hair, <laughs> and you trust them, and I trust her. Yeah, yeah. I just, it's hard to find somebody who gets me and knows what to do with my colleagues. <laughs> So when you find that person, that's special, and you lock them down. Yeah. You get on one knee and, and then wipe the hair off of your knee. <laughs> the floor is covered, and you ask them to be your barber for life. And then they say, I hair do? <laughs> I think Sorry, that's I appropriate. To... <laughs> Correct. Oh, my goodness. The older I get, the more of a dad I become. Yeah, you really are. I'm near, really I'm are near dad. peak dad. Anyway. When, when does a lesbian turn to... <laughs> dad a laddie a laddie i'm a laddie you're a little laddie lady yeah. daddy incredible yeah lesbian daddy. um so today we uh, we want to talk about breaking down stigmas um of stis um because i think it's something that is not often talked about no. um but is very um i'm just sort of hangs over our, our heads a lot yeah and i think it's more prevalent than most people like care to think it is you mm-hmm. know i think people think like Oh, it could never happen to me. Sure. And I think it's, you know, happens often. It's pretty common. But yeah, so um, Eugene's here to kind of talk to us. Um, so Eugene, you are HIV positive. Yes. And um, what what kind of like stigmas have you encountered? Well, I guess let's, let's start back. Like how long, like when did you find out? It was in 2006 and that uh, whole experience was completely awful. Uh, because I had gone in for tests all the time before then, and I was usually pretty regular about mm-hmm. it, if if not every six months, whenever I could get in after that. And went in for this one, and uh, it was a new doctor I'd found, and uh, I had to sit in the waiting room for an hour. And then she finally comes in. Was she just building up? Yeah, she it was telling me. And yeah. then she comes in and says, I have bad news. Mm. And at the moment, I was just pissed. And I was like, you had me fucking wait yeah. an hour yeah. just to tell me that. And then after that, I was pretty devastated. And then at that point, I didn't know a lot. Uh, you know, I wasn't educated on uh, HIV and all of that at that moment. And it took me about... I went into a pretty dark space for about two years, mm-hmm. and it was just processing it, dealing with it, and then started coming out of that. Uh, one of the best things you can do is find a really good doctor and a doctor you can trust. So and, not that doctor. Uh, that no. Oh, <laughs> oh, she was she was uh, gone after that. 
the doctor I got right after her was even worse oh, because great. his yeah. opinion was I told him uh, my diagnosis and his thing was let's wait and see and I was like hell no I'm what? not gonna yeah, wait and what are you see about? <laughs> Jesus Christ. Christ. Yeah, 2006, have a doctor that says wait and see. Just wait no. and see. Yeah. And so uh, I went to the LGBT center, and this is, I lived in Seattle at the time, and uh, found a uh, really great specialist. He was a gay doctor too, but uh, specialized in HIV and was uh, pretty well known for it. Mm -hmm. And great guy, and uh, very comfortable uh, with him, and... Uh, Back, they have so many more options now, but back then the very first thing I took for it was a tripla, and I could not take it because uh, I was even warned if you took it uh, during the day, uh, it was like being on LSD, and it was. Whoa. And Wild. that's how <laughs> bad it affected me, and I couldn't even do regular work or no. wake up, so I wouldn't take it all the time. And right. then finally we right. got me on medications that work. Um Jeez. Yeah, so the yeah. one medication that was available was like more, even more debilitating? Uh, yes. Jesus <laughs> Christ. It was a whole ordeal. Oh. That's insane. That's, um, that's something that Tamara in a previous episode had also talked about is just finding a doctor who understands something, like just what you might be going through. So I'm glad you end up finding a, like a, a gay doctor. Oh, know, very much so. You could actually talk to about yeah. this. Who wasn't just like, oh, just... Wait and see. Wait and see. Yeah, That's crazy. isn't that great? Wild to me. That is wild As if it's going to gonna go away? Right. <laughs> oh, it'll clear up. Oh, am I going to be your what? science experiment? Right. All exactly. right. Right. Yeah. We're just going to be over here with some popcorn. <laughs> yeah. That's horrible. Yeah, I think that's one thing that, at least when I'm going to a doctor, like, I'm always like, oh, let me get in, in and out of here, you know, mm -hmm. and like, but I think it is really important, especially now that I've been going to therapy, just like how important that relationship is and how important your relationship to your doctor is because mm -hmm. very yeah, very important i can't stress that enough yeah because you yeah you can have someone who doesn't take you seriously or who doesn't really give a shit because or listen to you either because mm -hmm. you uh, you know your body well out of anyone and you know how you're reacting you want a doctor that's going to listen to you and uh, and also not have one that prescribes everything under the sun. Like, I don't like taking a lot of stuff. Mm -hmm. So I finally have a doctor that I see now, and I only take uh, my HIV medication, my ADHD medication. Mm -hmm. The doctor I was seeing before, I was on like six different things, and, the, and uh, I didn't have to have all of them. Right, right. <laughs> yeah, you, yeah, you really want somebody who can talk to you. Because it is, like, it can feel embarrassing or you can feel judged when they ask you questions about, like, you know, do you smoke, do you drink, how much sex do you have or whatever. And you can feel like, I feel like some people don't always answer that. Answer truthfully. everything truthfully. Yeah. yeah. True. Yeah, because you don't, you've, you do feel judged. I mean, the important it... thing to know is that, like, these people are, I mean, hopefully there to help you. So mm -hmm. you should give them all the facts. Mm -hmm. But, yeah, and sometimes you go in and it's hard not to feel like a cattle call. Where mm -hmm. you're just in there and like you're trying to talk to someone about, you know, very personal stuff to yeah. you. And if it feels like they're just kind of like, mm, yeah, whatever. Like if you're just one in a million and yeah. it's yeah. hard to connect with those people and be honest and then yeah, feel like you're being heard to get the right treatment. Yeah, we have some good resources out here in L.A., but like the um, we have the LGBT Center and mm -hmm. then we also have uh, AHF Wellness Center. But before they had their own center, it would they would be there'd be like a clinic that'd be open a couple hours a day in different parts of the city and if you didn't get there by like 
six or something like that, they're all it'd already be completely packed, and you would feel like it was a catacomb. They're just, I mean, they're doing the best what they can, but they were just you know rolling through right. as many people as they could. Um, but now, thank God, they have established. Yeah, it's established. It's great. You can walk in pretty much any time, um, and you'll get tested and treated. It's fantastic. Right, right. and we're we're fortunate enough to have those resources out mm-hmm. here in LA. I bet yeah. you know most places, most cities don't have that many resources well testing was almost taken away from the lgbt center out here yeah that was very recently no Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. what happened uh there were funding was threatened to be cut and they kind of made a like a public outreach just like saying please tell these people that we need this and people responded and i mean yeah as of january their funding was going to be cut everybody reached out and it was pretty much overnight uh that everybody um reached out to the right people and they got it reinstated, but it's just temporarily. Right. So they exactly. need to find a permanent fix for that because we have to have those we services. Have to. It's like thousands of people that are tested every year. Yeah. And, and, ulti- and treated as well for right. free. And ultimately it's, I mean, the best cure for something is preventative. Mm-hmm. You know? Absolutely. So if more people are tested, if more people are knowledgeable, um, then yeah, preventative, it's kind of the same thing with sex education, you know, like, you see so many, the highest rate of teen pregnancy are in places that teach abstinence only mm-hmm. sex education. Well, and, and not embracing at all. Hi, uh, as teenagers, what do we all do? Fuck. <laughs> Have sex. Yeah. Fuck. <laughs> so it, you're ignoring the fact that these things happen and it's not going to go away. And that's obvious. Right. 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 Um, back, kind of back to uh, your story. Um, so you, you, were, you said you were in a dark place for two years. Around what time would you say things started turning around for you? It was a little bit after that, and uh, it was kind of, it was a gradual thing, but an epiphany I had, and especially upon having more education on HIV Mm -hmm. and uh, learning it wasn't a death sentence, but um, after having that uh, education after that, I got to the point to where I pulled a complete 180, and I completely came out about it. I posted it on all my social media profiles, and it was just the realization that if I own this and put it out there, nobody can use it against me. Yeah, Mm -hmm. I own the power to that. I control the narrative, and here it is, and this is what it's about. And then kind of being an advocate on that end uh, and educating other people um, and just talking about it is what helped a lot. Absolutely. And I'm sure it helped people who saw that post to not only feel if they were HIV positive to feel less maybe alone and and alienated. I've had a few people reach out to me over it, too, uh, on uh, social media, and I've talked to them. So uh, that's one positive thing. Yeah, that's great. And it's fantastic. And I'm sure it also like helps relieve some stigma, too, because I think once people realize that People they know, people they love. Visibility is so important. Mm -hmm. Very important. Exactly. (laughs) Because, you know, I think people who think negatively of of STIs and stuff think like, oh, only dirty people have that or something like that. And then, if, like you said, visibility, it's like, oh, people people like me can get it. You know, well, and, and people constantly put that on their uh, profiles. Uh, oh, clean. And it's like, dirty's for laundry. It's not for your HIV staff. Yeah. Right. <laughs> I just texted Zach about that because I was thinking about this episode. Um, and I realized, like, you know, I was just thinking about the terms we use around that. And I was like, oh, yeah, people say, like, I'm clean as if people who have an STI are dirty in mm-hmm. a sense as if that's like a bad thing. And then I realized, Oh, I bet that's, I'm glad you brought that up. Cause I actually wanted to bring it up. 
Um, are there any other things like that that you observe around? You know, I think people saying I'm clean is more of a microaggression rather than a kind of a st- straight up aggression thing. Are there any other um, microaggressions you see around STIs? Well, a, a lot of it, like my own personal experiences, like this is this is a good little story, and it was uh, like after being out about it, it's kind of almost like a second coming out, pretty much. Oh, yeah. uh, but uh, this was a few years before I met Frederick. But I was with some friends at a bar, making out with a dude, and uh, came to that point, oh, who's pl- uh, your place or mine? I was very honest. I said, okay, well, uh, we can go to your place, my place, but I just have to let you know I'm HIV positive, but I'm undetectable. He stops right in the middle and looks at me right in the eye and says, uh, I can't do this. And I'm like, what? And he's like, I, I don't want to get at anything. That shocked me so much, and it was just a reality check. Mm-hmm. And this mm-hmm. is someone from our own community, which it's even worse there sometimes. And uh, I didn't talk. I just turned around and said, I can't talk to you anymore and left. But that's what really got me. It's like, oh, so if I told you, no, I'm nade, bro, <laughs> you'd totally sure. be down to do something. Right. And you have no idea. Here I am. I'm a person that's being honest with you. Right. And, and also, too, what, from making out you're going to get it? No. <laughs> and you, and you right. can't get it if you're undetectable. Can you explain a little more about what that means exactly? Oh, yeah. Well, there actually is a big project called U equals U, which Mm -hmm. is undetectable equals untransmittable. Uh, The CDC even has it up on their website, the World Health Organization. But if you're on, they call it ART, but it's antiretroviral therapy, Mm -hmm. and uh, you... You're undetectable, which means uh, if you take an HIV test, it would basically come up negative, mm-hmm. um, mm-hmm. or or the detectability of the HIV virus in your blood is pretty much zero. Mm-hmm. You cannot pass on the virus to somebody else. Oh, I see. And I didn't people know that. in the study had unprotected sex, and it, it was it was a consensual thing. But the people that were undetectable could not pass it on. Oh, cool. That's true. Yeah. People still they hear. HIV and they something they just get scared they get like a butterfly without even actually listening or to what the other person is saying yeah mm-hmm. yeah so you're in a you're in a long term relationship now um, yes so back before then when you were when you were dating were you ever on any of the like social apps or anything like Tinder or anything oh like yeah, that? yeah 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 um when when would you like um, obviously before you go to bed with someone, you inform them of your status, of course. Um, but would you like out on dates, would you bring it up on, you know, on the app or on the first date or did you bring it, just bring it up before bed? I'm just curious. Well, actually that wasn't something I really had to bring up because I, it was on all my profiles. Oh, right. Mm-hmm. So uh, everyone saw yeah, already. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So that was already there. It was out in the open and mm-hmm. it shouldn't be a surprise. Right. <laughs> totally. <laughs> totally. And when you met your, you met, you were talking about this earlier, you met your partner at a David Bowie. <laughs> well, well, we met on Facebook. Oh, sorry, on Facebook. But uh, uh, our first date first was date. to a David Bowie night, because that was not too long ago after he passed away. Mm-hmm. Where was it at? Oh, God. Um, the Dragonfly. Okay. What yeah. type of bar is that? Uh, uh, golf bar sometimes. Okay. Uh yeah, that's the best description I can come up I for. It. There's to, another name for it, and I can't think I of it right now. I need to go to more goth bars. Uh, Eugene <laughs> and Frederick, or Udrick as they're called, that's yeah. the hashtag Udrick, Udrick um, uh, occasionally will goth me up and take me out to like clubs and stuff. It's very fun. Oh, that you should awesome. goth up 
Brant, he would love that. I yeah, think sometime officially... we'll, we'll take you guys and we'll go. It'd be so much fun. He would love that. It would give him a really good excuse to straighten his hair. <laughs> um, <laughs> and he already has pitch black hair, so he's already like halfway there. Yeah, yeah. But uh, with Frederick, though, uh, one of the things, and it's, uh, this term is something not a lot of people know. We're a serodiscordant couple. I'm positive Frederick's negative. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. Cool. What's it? Can you say that term again? A serodiscordant. Serodiscordant. What does that Which mean? Which basically means one partner's positive, one partner's negative. Gotcha. Okay. I've never heard that before. But see, like, even I, see like, either. know so know so little. Even you. Even me. <laughs> Haley, <laughs> a genius. <laughs> <laughs> but that's why you always keep an open mind with stuff. And like me, I'm never done learning. So there's totally. always new stuff to learn all the time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think that, like... For for me, uh, you know, I've known I was a lesbian since I was like 15. And, you know, as, especially when you're young and dumb, you're like, well, I'm immune to all like STIs. Or, yeah, disease and, uh, yeah, or you anything. Know? Exactly. Anything is going to happen to other people and not me. Right. Well, yeah. and so you already think that. And then as a lesbian, you're like, well, there's not exactly fluids being it. But there are still, mm-hmm. you know, some we can get. And I think that's where a lot of like queer women make mistakes is they think they're immune um, mm-hmm. But you can still definitely get STIs. Yeah, yeah, I mean, gays too, just because, you know, a baby's not going to happen on accident or, or uh, just because you're on prep or something doesn't mean, you know, accidents, you know, they might happen. Totally. But that's also why you get tested every couple months right. as well. And, you know, I think you should absolutely get tested. But I also think if it's someone you haven't been with for a while i mean i think you should still use because pr- oh, protective sure. so, yeah because some people like don't you know obviously i think most people would inform mm-hmm. the other person if they're positive but sometimes they don't know for you know right if they're like well, well someone like, hasn't been tested in a long time yeah. it very well could be a possibility right and it can also be awkward to tell people i know like um i don't know when like if ever there's a scare i think it's important to to call the person, let them know. There are services where you can give people their name and number and then they will anonymously tell them that like somebody you slept with in the past so-and-so months has tested positive for, insert thing here, so blah, so blah, get blah, blah, so get well, I think what yeah. was it? Uh, it was uh, Trixie Mattel that said something, and I'm not. It's not going to be mm-hmm. a direct quote, but something along the lines of, uh, you know, it's just like a parking ticket. You roll your eyes and take care of it. Right. Just, take care of it. <laughs> just take care of it. yeah, but take care of it. Get a shot in the ass. Yeah. And, <laughs> and cut, make a call it a day. Exactly. Yeah. So yeah, and I so I just want to inform queer women too. Like, get tested. I think that mm-hmm. gay men are much better about getting tested than queer women are, and. We're not immune to to these things, so um, get tested, definitely. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's a great point. Yeah. Could you explain to our listeners, I think some people, I mean, I think our listeners and a lot of people um, conflate HIV with AIDS. Yes. So could you kind of explain um, the difference there? Well, AIDS is uh, um, when uh, your CDC... CDC cell, your white blood cell count, gets below a certain uh, amount. Uh, that's what they call AIDS. HIV is the actual name of the virus, and uh, uh, that's the if you're HIV positive, you have a blood test that came back that shows that you have the virus uh, uh, in your blood. Uh, for and people conflate those two a lot, but like uh, some people even say, "Oh, he died of AIDS." No, it's an AIDS-related illness mm. because. Uh, 
uh, nobody dies from AIDS, but what it is is uh, your immune system basically cannot fight anything, mm-hmm. and uh, it's usually an uh, an infection or something else that you catch that actually ends up killing you. Right, but, something that if your white blood cell count was higher, you might be able to fight off. Yeah, like a flu or something. Yeah. Gotcha, gotcha. But like like you were saying, like these things aren't like a death sentence, like. No, absolutely not. And uh, uh, what bothers me, too, is a couple of times I've seen people trying to, you know, those conspiracy theories or anti-vaxxers, there's someone like that on the HIV end, and they die and they don't have to. If you get oh. on medication right away, it uh, and there's actually different medications you can take now. Um, or, or one important thing probably to bring up about medications is uh, depend you get tested for what your resistance is. And some HIV uh, has a resistance to certain medications. Before, I only had three, I don't know what you call them, not trials, but three different types of meds I could take. Mm-hmm. And uh, the one important thing, too, is to take it every day. If you if you miss a dose, your efficacy of your medication can go down. So they, uh, I actually, when I was first on medication, I went through two different sets of meds, and then I only had one left. But now they're coming up with different medications mm-hmm. all the time. And as the virus uh, changes, too, they right. have different me- yes. medications to deal with the different well, yeah. resistances. Mm-hmm. Right. It, like, comes in cycles, like... Maybe 40 years from now, the ones you took now will be effective again. You yeah. know what I mean? Yeah. Because well, it's like. It mutates all the time, like the flu. Right, exactly. Yeah. yeah. So that's what they're constantly having to change. But now, if you're on medication and you're. Um, you eventually become undetectable mm-hmm. and then you you can live a good life but uh and and there's lots of people that have been on uh antiretroviral therapy that have lived a long life mm-hmm. and it's absolutely not a death sentence anymore we're getting closer to a vaccine hopefully a cure someday i hope we see a cure sometime in my lifetime mm-hmm. yeah but until then you can still live a life and it doesn't have to affect you in a really bad way right I think that so much of people's perception of HIV is like when it first came about, like in the 80s mm-hmm. and people just that's like what they know of it. And so they see like because no one knew what was going on back then. No, they called it grid. It was gay related. uh um Oh, God, I can't remember the last two. But. <laughs> I mean, they thought it was grid. like some a lot of like, you know. Oh, great. Christian Gay-related people. immune disease. That's right. what it was. A lot oh. of uh, people thought it was like God, you know, acting and Punishing revenge. the gays. Yeah, exactly. Right. Um, you mentioned in your, you had a you uh, an article with uh, Voyage LA. You mentioned that, uh, you know, your own status helped give a better understanding of the crisis in the 80s. Do you care to talk about oh, that? Oh, yeah, before? yeah. Um, I'll definitely talk about that. Uh, when I, I actually grew up in the 80s, I was born in 73. And the 80s, I was a teenager, and of course, uh, I was really active as a teenager at, at the LGBT Center, and that's when I lived in Sacramento. And I had heard of ACT UP and saw the things ACT UP was doing, and I thought they were really aggressive. And that turns out not to be true, mm-hmm. because uh, after becoming HIV positive, I also learned a lot about the history of ACT UP, and basically we were all dying and I had friends that were in hospice. I saw what, what, um, HIV virus was doing to them. And, uh, 
basically everybody was dying and nobody was doing anything about it. And that's Mm -hmm. why they had to be so vocal. That's why they had to do the things that they had to do in order to get somebody to notice and do something about it. Right. No one cared. Yeah. Until straight people started dying. (laughs) Yeah. But even, even then then, they still didn't care as long Mm -hmm. as the gays do. Yeah. Yeah. Right. (laughs) It is a whole part of history that, is just not talked about. And I think a lot of gay people need to know about it because I mean, we, we have a whole group of like gay forefathers almost that are just not here, mm-hmm. you know? Mm-hmm. Like well, that- a lar- a large part of, uh, I mean, anybody in the 80s, a large section of us was wiped out Just because gone. of that. Yeah. But like you, like you said, too, that's a concern of mine, too, because uh, the younger generation isn't they're not close enough to that tragedy or know enough about it and they're kind of nonchalant about the whole thing and that's not that far away no it's not but to Mm -hmm. them it doesn't exist forever yeah it's it's, yeah young people think they're invincible yeah (laughs) you know and you know what are the odds you know and they think i think they kind of think it's a product of a different time like the plague or something but it's not it's still like very much here and you can you know anything can happen so Definitely always practice safe sex. Mm-hmm. Well, and a lot of the rising infections uh, uh, usually come about be because of that. Mm-hmm. It's also so sad, like, because of the way, like, laws were, like, a lot of people were dying and their their lovers, like, couldn't see them in hospitals. Yeah, too. that's why gay marriage was an important yeah. issue, uh, or it should just be called marriage, because that's what we yeah. were asking for. Uh I mean, we don't call it gay parking, so <laughs> right. that would be nice if we had that. I would but... love my own parking space. <laughs> Are you kidding me? Do you ever walk by somebody with pamphlets on the street and they go like, uh, would you like to give money to, to uh, like for, you know, LGBT uh, center or something? Like, actually, I would love some of that money. Like, whatever. <laughs> if you're giving money for gay people, can I, I'll, I'll take it. I'll cut out the middleman. I'll take it. Um, but there was also, uh, there was a great article about like the, some of the, like the women who were taking care of those those men too like people who didn't have families well it's basically mostly women that took yeah. care of the men that were dying and uh we owe a, uh, as gay men we owe a great uh deal of gratitude because they're the only ones that would do anything mm-hmm. and even back when nobody understood the virus but you're right what you were saying earlier how no one gave a shit because it was a bunch of, you know, because it was mostly gay yeah, men. a bunch of queers that yeah. all that. <laughs> <laughs> Serves them right. Right. But it's, you know, it's so real. Like, no one gives a shit when marginalized people die. It's like until a little white lady, little white girl dies, like, no one gives a fuck. Mm-hmm. I mean, even, like, with some, <laughs> to bring it to this, like, even some serial killers who have been the most successful, like, who have killed, like, 50 60 people have done so because they target marginalized groups because yep. no one gives a shit mm-hmm. when marginalized groups are killed you know people of color or queer people or whatever um but yeah i mean good good for uh good for them for being so vocal and yeah well, done. and i understood they it, it wasn't uh as far out there as I thought it was, there was a total reason for it, and they had to be heard, and, and that's the only way they could get people to listen. The squeaky wheel gets the grease. <laughs> yeah. And sometimes it's for the best, hmm. like in this case. Yeah. yeah. Um, I would also love to talk about, like, what you're doing now. Uh, again, I read I read your article that you said. <laughs> uh, <laughs> well, but you. Uh, it, you were named as one of HIV Plus Magazine's most amazing HIV-positive people of 2016. Yes. Yeah. Well, and a uh, big part of that was uh, 
uh, like if I do art shows, I try to make that a uh, um, make that a benefit for uh, usually an HIV or LGBT organization, and uh, also to bring up like uh, my partner Frederick. Mm-hmm. Uh, we both any chance that we get like to talk about being a serodiscordant couple. And the one one of the things I found cute and he tells everyone else is that when he first met me, that's one of the things he loved was the fact that I was so out about it and that I completely owned it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And uh, he is very educated himself. So like my, my HIV wasn't an issue. It was a, actually a positive, so to speak. <laughs> 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 but he definitely put it in the plus column. And, and uh, it's two uh, gays, because of that. Gay, when it's two gay guys, there's just more dad jokes. That's all. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's it's true. Double the dad jokes. <laughs> Um, that's great I'm always up for a good pun (laughs) (laughs) Um, can you talk about some of your art as well Uh, yeah I do abstract art I work in acrylics and metallics and uh, uh, kind of Klimt is one of the artists that I really like and Mm -hmm. so that's part of the metallic influence the other part is I'm really into the Japanese philosophy of Kintsugi because it speaks to me uh, growing up was not fun. Uh, I was in an abusive household. There was a lot of domestic violence. And then when I came across uh, Kintsugi, what it is is if something's broken, they take it, take that object and repair it uh, with gold or mm-hmm. platinum or some other metallic, and they view it as being more valuable than the original object because it's broken past has it or it has a history. It's been broken. It tells a new story, and it's more valuable because of that. So having the past that I did and where I am now, I like the entire idea of embracing your broken past and it's something new and it's more valuable because you've embraced that. And it's more unique. Yeah. Because nothing ever breaks in the same way. Mm -hmm. No, it doesn't. So when it's put back together, it's a whole new thing, right? Mm -hmm. Well, and then lately I've been working on some new pieces because I've been working with uh, Shoebox PR, uh, Christine uh, Shoemaker, which has been really great. And so uh, we had a studio visit and uh, her thought was for me to be more intentional in what I do. And so what I've been doing is going back Breaking through shit. my old art. <laughs> uh, well, close. <laughs> I've been ripping off all the canvases off the old canvases, cutting them up, and I'm going to make some new stuff from oh, them. Wow. So oh, cool. It, it's, it's taking those, putting it into a new piece, and still painting new stuff, but having what I had before in it, too. Making, making but it it's take, being more intentional yeah. for that whole story about the history of your past. I love right. that. Right. Evolving. That's yeah. fantastic. That's great. Wow, that's very, very, very cool. Um, yeah. When's your next show? Um, I don't have any shows currently, mm-hmm. uh, but I did uh, want to uh, co-curate with K. Ryan Hennessy at Tag Gallery. We did a queer art show, and that was amazing. We had a, over 30 artists there, and uh, the opening was wonderful. And so it was kind of getting over doing that because it's all building up to when you're curating a show, it's just all building up all the promotion. Then you get to the event. And then after that, it's kind of a letdown. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then uh, gearing up for the next thing. But right now I'm making new art and then uh, applying to some different shows. So we'll have some stuff coming up, but I want some new pieces for it. That's exciting. Excellent. That's very exciting. Um, before we move on to a game, is there anything else you wanted to add that we might not have touched touched on um, concerning, you know, STIs or the stigmas of them or even like maybe even some advice for people who might be listening? 
Well, st- uh, stigma is a huge issue, and it, it still comes up from time to time. I've had people that have thought they could get HIV from touching something, and that's not how it or works. A toilet. But yeah, <laughs> or glass. Oh, my God. Yeah. I can't believe that's happening in 2020. That's very weird. Well, yeah. it didn't happen in 2020, but it happened to me around probably maybe 2008 mm-hmm. when mm. I uh, it was a coworker. That's that crazy. I found out I was positive and freaked out. And at that point, I didn't handle it very well. <laughs> a coworker? <laughs> yeah. Well, because that was shortly after you found out yourself. Yeah. 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 But uh, then uh, we talked to each other and kind of screamed at each other for a little bit. But Great. then finally realized and, her, and she said, I didn't know. Mm-hmm. And that was my realization for the education part of it. It's like, you know, most people don't know. Most people don't mean it. Uh, mm-hmm. when they say stuff and it's out of their own fear mm-hmm. right but if you're positive i mean it it's now we have a lot more people like we have a, a newscaster uh carl schmid and he just started uh plus life media and so there's information that he puts there about u equals u but he's a newscaster he came out uh he, he's with abc but he's he's visible and puts all that out there now that's great and there's more and more people that you see all the time that are basically having their second coming out with hiv but it, it's not a bad thing but th- you have to have that out there for people to be able to see it. Mm-hmm. Right, right. And the more that's out there, the more opportunities there are for people to learn and realize, like, you're not going to get it from shaking someone's hand, right. you know? Or even oh a God. lot of people don't know about PrEP, which is pre-exposure prophylaxis. And uh, the efficacy, it's like over 90%. I, I don't know the exact percentage, but I know it's more than 90 uh, in preventing you getting HIV mm-hmm. just from taking a pill. Mm-hmm. And uh, a lot of people I've talked to didn't even know what it was. And sure, a lot of gay men do, but there's a lot that don't. Yeah. And w- we really need to get that out there a lot more because this is a prevention thing. And they've done studies. There is one in the, in the UK, the HIV rate dramatically dropped, and they attribute that to PrEP. So getting that information out there that there's actually a prevention is yeah. really necessary. That's great. What are um, what would you say are the best resources for people who want to educate themselves? Uh, well, Plus Life Media is a really good one. Um, there is one I don't know if they're still active, but the Stigma Project was a great one, and they have a lot of uh, great visuals for it. I okay. brought a couple to share with you guys oh, later, so they're oh, really cool. good. Great. Yeah, uh, we can absolutely, we can post them. Yeah, we can post them. Oh, tag tag anybody. Yeah, for anybody who wants to um, learn more, we'll put that in our Instagram and Facebook and Twitter. And, and there is one too. If you look up you, you equals you, yeah. uh, um, or type it in Google, what have you, um, mm-hmm. that'll lead you to a lot of resources too. If you want to learn about that. That's great. That's fantastic. Awesome. Yeah. It's cool. Much It's, it's cool. There's so much just knowledge out there now. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So take care of yourselves, everybody. Yeah. And, um, is it time for a game? Game time. All right, it's game time. You ready for a game? Sure. Cool. All <laughs> right. Um, so uh, this game, I wanted to tailor to your, uh, you know, your personal music taste. You're a bit of a, a, a goth kid. Yeah. Um, yeah. What would you say is the difference between goth, punk, and emo music? Well, uh, music? Yeah. Or I style. Pu- or the well, style. punk's more like an attitude. Uh-huh. Uh, and it basically against the status quo. Mm-hmm. Goth more so has a romanticism to it. Mm-hmm. And then emo, oh, it's just sad. sad. <laughs> <laughs> the poems that I wrote to myself in a journal years ago and now I'm putting to music. 
Um, well, great. Um, well, so I uh, looked up a bunch of names of just dozens and dozens and dozens of bands, and I fed those names into uh, an AI uh, generator and then made new band names ah. based on those. <laughs> uh, so I have a list right here, and I'll post these on the Instagram as we always do. Uh, this is a fun thing that we've been doing now. Um, so, yeah, these are not real names. Oh, man. Um, but I just – we're not going to go through all of them. Yeah. But pick ones that, you know, tickle your fancy, and I want us to kind of discuss what kind of band they might be, uh, you know, what and, and just little things you might know about them, uh, just as if they were real. Uh, <laughs> I really, 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 really love After, 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 After Death. <laughs> <laughs> after, 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 After Death is trying too hard. <laughs> so wait, is, does that mean you're back to life if it's After, 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 oh, After Death? Oh, God. They're like, they might have a Buddhist Is that like a of, reincarnation uh, thing? Yeah, that's fun. They're, they're trying to bring that into their music everywhere. Yeah, that's kind of fun. Yeah, I wonder if they were After Death originally, and then they rebranded as After, After Every death. time a member of the band... Leaves. Le- left. That's what it was. They kept and now because each up. band member was a death. <laughs> and now it's just the lead singer by himself. By himself. <laughs> it's Panic at the Disco. It's what it is essentially. That's hysterical. Of course, the one that sticks out to me is for '69 Banshees. <laughs> <laughs> That's almost as many guitarists they went through. <laughs> <laughs> Obviously, a, a screamo band. It's may, <laughs> they might be. a screamo band, but I like the idea that they're like, <laughs> like an electric love orchestra type of one of those bands that have just so many people and they uh, all play a million instruments. Right. <laughs> There's 69 people in the, in the <laughs> band actually, go. and they only allow they only sell 69 tickets to each show. Oh, too. very cool. So there's just it's, it's a one to one ratio of band, band to, to audience. audience. Yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I like to think that prunes and also death. I was just looking at that one. <laughs> I like to think that's a, a like a screamo band of geriatrics. <laughs> I think they're great. Yeah, that one's kind of dark. That that's a band that got started in a nursing home. Yeah, like they were like well, they were on we the got soundtrack to Cocoon. <laughs> there is actually, I think it's it's like a it might be a European band, but there is like a a like a, a punk rock band that has a seventy something year old woman as their like front really? man. Oh my and god. And it's so fun. Yeah. That's amazing. It's real. So I think that's the sister band to Prunes and Also Death. <laughs> I have a band that um, my girlfriend and I are in. And it's called Sisters of Cramps. <laughs> Cuz we have synced up. <laughs> have you? Yeah. When did that happen? Oh, I mean that happened pretty early. Okay. Yeah. So that does happen. That's not just a myth. <laughs> it's like havesies. I think it's mostly coincidence. It's the moon. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Sister of Cramps. Yeah, oh my god, because when we're both cramping, it's a metal band for sure. <laughs> 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 or we have London Wants My Chemical Violets. That sounds like an acid trip. That does sound like an acid trip. <laughs> Has anybody done like kind of, yeah, like, I don't know, like like like, like um, Sergeant Pepper Beatles, but like emo sort of sound? Is, is that a sort of thing? Something that's a little... Like they went to India and they <laughs> know what they know what life is now, but they're still an emo band. Right, right. No, mm. I, yeah, that's a good question. Do you think yeah. that that's what that band? London is? wants my chemical violets. That, yeah, yeah, maybe they did. That probably is. I think it's it's definitely it's definitely like a emo band that's done a lot of drugs. <laughs> <laughs> and yeah, this is like their third album. Well, every album is a uh, 
is definitely like a, a rock opera. <laughs> it's like a full concept. <laughs> oh, man. Okay. I like this one. Charlotte, is this flesh for cutie? Question mark. <laughs> no one really knows. <laughs> it's a complicated. Uh, yeah, because there's always those um, those bands with punctuation. Right, right, right. Yeah. Um, like Panic. Panic at the, at the disco. disco. Did they take away the exclamation? And then it came back. And then it came back? Yeah, it came back. Oh, what they do that for? They took it away to be taken more seriously during, <laughs> during the Pretty Odd, uh, the second album. And then two members left to start their own band called the Called Young After, band. After, After. Uh, called After, After, After. <laughs> yes. yes. Uh, after, After, After Panic. After, 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 after <laughs> Panic, uh, which is also <laughs> yeah, like a support group. Yeah, and then it was just the drummer and, and Brendan, and then they... And the exclamation point. <laughs> and then now it's just Brendan, that exclamation point. And that's it. Yeah. And there oh, is really? like a band, but like it's, it's him. mostly him. It's him. It's all about Yuri. Mm-hmm. Dreadful Girls of Ballet. That sounds like a band that'd be in Suspiria. Oh. <laughs> that'd be so good. You're right. Or yeah, like uh, like Black, Black Swan. Black Swan. Yeah. yeah. There's a lot of spooky ballet girls. Spooky. Yeah. <laughs> they used to be. They used to be ballerinas, but they got too old. And now or maybe it should no. be the Deadful Girls the, of Ballet. That's Whoa. Pretty, <laughs> that's pretty good, too. <laughs> We're dead. We're dead. <laughs> that's their whole bit is that they're just dead. I'm just dead. I, I love a good – I love a band with a gimmick. I saw – there was this uh, this band that played at um, uh, what's called the CIA Bar uh, in, in Burbank. They are not – no, it's in, it's in North Hollywood. CIA Bar in North Hollywood out here. Um, and their whole deal was that they were – this like rockabilly emo group like they everybody's oh. names was like dead samantha or some shit or like <laughs> skeleton jones or something and they oh, all had cool. like white makeup but they were all doing like surfing like spooky surfing songs um and it also happened to be christmas so they christmas sized all of their songs <laughs> that's fun. it was a wild sound and i'm here for it I really like that's like that. Have you heard of that Ned Flanders band? Yes. Uh, Oakley yeah. Doakley. Oakley Doakley. <laughs> <laughs> so fucking fun. Some like metal people are some of the funniest, goofiest people. Yeah, totally. Like the people that you have to be if you're screaming all day. Shout out. <laughs> shout out to my friend's rock band called uh, Drac and the Swamp Rats, which is a monster themed band. That's uh-huh. awesome. And the lead singer is Dracula. They yes. have an Igor. The drummer's Frankenstein. The guitarist is Wolfman. And the bassist is The Mummy. That's so fun. What are some of their songs? That sounds like the yeah. General Mills series. <laughs> <laughs> that would also be a great band. Yes. That would be have a great each band. One of, them. <laughs> one of my favorite songs is called I Want to Haunt Your Girlfriend. I want to haunt your girlfriend. Yeah. That's so cute. sweet. It's <laughs> kind of sweet. A little stalkery. But, sounds, uh, like, <laughs> sounds like the, th- the like it should be the theme to that show you on Netflix. Or <laughs> but they're a really fun band. So check them out fun. if you like spooky bands. Um, should we grab one more before we, we head off to the last part of the show? Sure. Do you, is something screaming at either of you? Well, there's one on here that I don't think is an emo band, and that's Real Cab Lords. <laughs> they sound like a ska band to me. You're right, they do. Real cab lords. Like a jam probably, band. It's probably because of Real Big Fish. But still, uh, can you do ska emo? Ska goth? Is there ska goth? God only knows. <laughs> I think ska's too cheery to be goth. Someone... I know some goths that like ska, sure. but not very many. I once heard a description which is so good, and it's that ska is like the sound that goes off when a kid eats mozzarella sticks. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> that's I think the that's sound of his accurate. brain. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, definitely. Or a whole package of pixie sticks. Oh, yes. Yes, going crazy. And then you just got to skank all over the place when once you're eating all those Why is it? There is always one kid who dares somebody to snort pixie, pixie sticks. Uh, or uh, when I was in high school, uh, I was sweet tarts, and he did snort them. You, like, wow. crushed him up? Yep, so on his desk gross. in the middle of class. It was nasty. You know oh. why? Because there's always a kid who will do it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> right. <laughs> Somebody will do it. Someone will do it. Yeah. You can convince someone It's to do so it. easy to get a kid to do something. <laughs> <laughs> It's so easy. Because they're so dumb. Just, you just got tri- <laughs> yes. to triple dog dare them. That's it. We saw it. There's a movie all about it. It's called A Christmas Story. It's a documentary. <laughs> uh, that's that game, everybody. Thank you so much for playing. <laughs> Thanks, uh, yes. we'll post. I'll post those online. Uh, and let us know what type of bands uh, you think they are. Also, yeah. Or what you think your favorite song will be. Or what your favorite uh-huh. song will be. Um, also, if you can point out which part of which band is, is which real band... That's a bonus fun game that you get. Oh to do. yeah, mm-hmm. um, yeah. Because it's just it's just a bunch of Frankenstein's. This whole list. Mm-hmm. Um, thank you so much, Eugene, for playing this silly game and also yeah. just being so open and um, coming on the show. Yeah. Absolutely, really appreciate no, it. Thank you for having me. Um, now we've come to the point of this show. You have your hands in the. I, I mean, always you just do find this. A way to do it. <laughs> I always have to feel like I'm I'm some kind of like maniacal evil like villain. <laughs> yes, Smithers. <laughs> <laughs> um, where you get to ask your question of us, unfiltered, uh, judgment free, whatever whatever you want to ask, and we will answer to the best of our ability. Mm-hmm. Well, I was I was thinking about this one, and it was one like another little soapbox of mine, or at least a recent one, uh, and it is art related, but. Okay. Uh, like the one thing that I've noticed, like I have one friend who's a comedian, really funny. His name's Sam Khalidi. Mm-hmm. He had his Instagram yanked because uh, uh, he thought it was because of an image on there. It wasn't an image. It's because he put uh, Arab Sugar Daddy in his title, and Sugar Daddy was flagged what? as uh, sex trafficking. Oh. And he tried to talk to them about it. He's like, I'm co- I'm a comedian. That was a joke. It's not serious. And right. But they won't reinstate his Instagram, and they won't change the algorithm. Jesus. And then a lot of friends I have, or even art shows I've done, God forbid if you show a boob. Right. Uh, right. Which is the stupidest thing ever. But there's Mark Zuckerberg so hates much... nipples. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> he hates them. But there's... Because he's like a Ken doll down there. <laughs> <laughs> Probably. <laughs> Actually, I think you're right. <laughs> well, he does look a lot like Data from Star Trek. Yeah, uh, right? Doesn't he? He really like does. Wide-eyed and expressionless. Snake man. Yeah, no emotion. Mm-hmm. But what what are your guys' thoughts on, like, I, I swear it's mostly targeted for queer artists mm-hmm. and uh, uh, people trying to represent themselves for, and for the stupidest things get uh, pictures taken down or their accounts uh, shut down and especially in the realm of art but what are your guys thoughts on uh, censorship of uh, queer art and where that's going and what we can do about it that's a good question, that's a great question. I know that like uh, I've had a lot of friends um, women who have who have posted photos of nipples or whatever or even just like see-through shirts where you can even kind of see the nipple and things like that get like flagged and taken down and it's just like so dumb and ridiculous because it's like my friend even like basically she photoshopped men's nipples 
onto yeah, her yeah, own. I've seen that. And it's just like this is so dumb. It's mm-hmm. first of all, if 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 it's um, obviously if it's something the woman doesn't want up that someone else posted, mm-hmm. obviously let's take that shit down. But if it's something she actively posted, it's like who who cares? It's it's what she wants to do. Um, and I guess I don't know who we're protecting. Mm-hmm. Like, is it because like you don't want kids to see boobs online, but they can just Google boobs and see boobs online? <laughs> yeah, <That's> very exactly. <laughs> like, yeah. It's easy. not like going on Facebook or Instagram is going to prevent that or fix that, mm-hmm. you know. And if so, like, watch. It's kind of like anything with the internet. Watch your. If you don't want your kids to see boobs online, watch your kids. Watch what they're doing. Yeah, or t- on it. TV. Yeah. Filter it. You know what I mean? Um, don't leave it up to, like, don't fuck with other people just because you don't want to watch what your kid's doing or something it's crazy the things that facebook decides is not good for you know it's not part of its community standards or something like that like and and the idea that and whose fucking community right right (laughs) and the fact that they the fact that they also just like the the that they can't like change the algorithm is such bullshit excuse i've never heard something so stupid Mm -hmm. like that's exactly what they told them it's so stupid sugar daddy's in there but like i don't know somebody being like a fucking nazi online is like oh well that's his free speech like yeah yeah fuck you like which is it like is it like like I can understand if they're like, we don't want people who are saying they're sugar daddies praying after young like people or anything like that. Right. Like that's fine, but your friend was clearly making a joke. Oh, but he said he was looking for one. I believe. Oh, oh he's looking for a sugar daddy. <laughs> that's so. Also, it's, uh, that he, makes it even dumber. Right? Even dumber. Yeah. And I can't tell you how many people have like fucking OnlyFans in their like thing or just Venmo in their like description. So I don't know. That's so stupid. Um, it's it is also specifically policing queer bodies and women's bodies because. I mean, I have friends who, you know, are artists and some of their art deals with like the the naked form and, and they'll they won't put like everything on on there. But even just like a side butt can get you like mm-hmm. banned for a day or something. Yeah. It's so yeah. stupid. Um, and yet, like, you know, for our job, I have to follow a bunch of accounts um, because we do a lot of work with them. And there's one account called Bar- Barstool. And there's an awful lot of like women butts on it all the time. A yeah. lot of it. But those never seem to get flagged you know it's yeah right it's, it's insane yeah it's yeah. a double standard and it's it's fucking stupid no it is and like you said you're right it's like there was that whole thing um that people were doing on facebook writing like men are trash mm-hmm. that were getting that got pulled down right away yeah. yeah and you would write like men are trash and your whole your account would get taken down or uh whatever or that post would get deleted or whatever that's hate speech but meanwhile we don't allow that on facebook Meanwhile, it's like inward this, inward that yeah. on some, you know, fucking Trump assholes mm-hmm. post. And like, that's free speech. Yeah. Someone can, you know, call someone else a faggot or, or something. And that's, you know, that's fine. That's in their right to do that. Right. Mm-hmm. You know, not all men are great. <laughs> some guys might need a little work. Fuck you. Yeah. <laughs> Fuck you. <laughs> exactly. It's, you go to hell and you die. <laughs> it's it's so weird. I, so it it's it sucks. I don't like. What can we do about it? What can we do about it? I don't know. Because it is, it's like these dumb policies on these websites that, I mean, they need they need to change the policies. I mean, How big, do we get them yeah, to do it's that? It's a big reason why a lot of people are slowly getting off Facebook and off Instagram because a lot of people don't realize that Facebook owns Instagram. Yeah, it's the uh, same place. And a lot of stuff is moving over to Twitter. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, ever since Tumblr put up all those um, porn bans, nobody's on Tumblr anymore. I don't know. People find ways. But yeah, it. it I wish we didn't have to sneak around and go to 
different corners of the internet and could just be loudly ourselves. But that's what makes it hard too. Even though Facebook owns Instagram, there's so many artists that rely on rely Instagram. On it. Absolutely, uh, Instagram's the new business stuff. card. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, it is. It's that. I mean, that's mostly the reason why I started an Instagram. I I got one relatively recently, like a year and a half ago. Um, and part of the reason is because I would, I would go out to like networking events or whatever, and I would have like a business card and people would be like, what's your Instagram? Mm -hmm. Yep. <laughs> be like, it's what? <laughs> I can't tell you how many, like I, I have to, I, you know, I just have to clean out my wallet cause it gets so thick. I, I can't tell you the last time I like really looked at all the business cards that I, I grabbed. Mm -hmm. That's a good point. That's yeah. true. Yeah, I, ha I have a ton and <laughs> they just build up. Yeah. Meanwhile, like, if you're, oh, fuck, who is this person? Yeah. <laughs> Meanwhile, if you're already Oops. on Instagram and you see all the stuff they post yeah. and stuff, then you're like, Oh yeah, this person, this person. And then, yeah. I mean, it makes sense. It's mm -hmm. a, it's an easy resource. It's a good way to interact with the art itself too. Right. Cause your business card just has your name or whatever. Mm -hmm. Um, but yeah, I don't know. It's, I don't know how to how to combat combat it, you know. Hmm. I mean, I think what it is. Let's make our own internet. <laughs> <laughs> We're gonna make our own. It's Al Gore did it. It can't be that hard. <laughs> we'll call it the Sinternet. Ooh, Sinternet. All our horny pictures. It could be, it could be Fike. Faggots and dykes. That's Yay! pretty fun. Oh, I do like that. That's go. pretty fun. We want. We want. Yeah, we want everybody. So <laughs> we want everybody. Or we'll just do we? <laughs> well, we just want all the alphabet people in there. Oh yeah, let's get all the alphabet in yeah. there. <laughs> get the whole alphabet in there. Um, yeah. <laughs> so there you guys go. Make your own internet. Yeah, uh, easy. That's pretty much all. Yeah. Easy peasy. I don't know. I I I don't know. Who do you who well, do you call? Who do you write to? Like the when, problem when is, you... the problem is, is that these places reflect kind of the world at large. Sure. Where it's like, you know, straight white people are kind of given a pass. And queer people or people of color are getting their shit taken down. Yeah. yeah. So it's, I mean, in a way, it's just a reflection of society, which fucking sucks. And yeah, it's and almost what we're in right now and all the pushback. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So. I mean, it's hopefully new internet it's starting. like a death rattle, you know, some people. That's what I'm hoping to. Yeah. Just, You're right, we're oh, right. you dinosaurs need yeah. to die off. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> People just grabbing onto the last bit of, like, you know, just hate that they've got. And mm -hmm. Like the Emperor and the it. Dark Crystal. Exactly <laughs> like the Emperor from the Dark Crystal. <laughs> <laughs> and that didn't, you know, wind up so good for those Skeksis. What mm -hmm. if, I guess we all just should post uh, nipple pics. Nipples. Nipple pics. Can they take us all down? Maybe. Maybe. <laughs> <laughs> but then guess what? No more women on the internet. Yeah. How long you is that going to What if last? you just start sending nipples to, not real nipples, pictures of nipples. <laughs> start sending, start sending pictures of nipples like in you know, snail mail to Instagram. <laughs> just the Instagram HQ and I don't know where are they. They've got to be in like, I don't know, San Fran or something, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Who knows? I would love to send just and then, and then have to sort through all of them <laughs> to decide which one's a male nipple and which one's a woman right. nipple. <laughs> or you could just get a, a person that does good uh, foam work and then send a whole bunch of fake ones in a giant box. There you go. You know oh, wait, that's really fun. That is really they good. come out like foam peanuts. <laughs> I think we should, every time you post a picture showing your nipples, right in the subject line, I photoshopped male nipples onto my nipples. Did they not take those down afterwards? Take what down? You're your friends when she put male nipples on her nipples. No, but hers were like obviously male right, nipples. They were like, I mean, don't Photoshop them, but right. say you Photoshop them and see what they do. Let's see what they do. 
Because then you can be like, why are you, why are you taking down Those these male nipples? nipples? Those are fine. Yeah. Those are the good nipples. <laughs> those, are, those are acceptable nipples. Woman, bad. Bad, <laughs> bad nipples. nipples. Gross. No. Ugh, poor. Uh, Mo- male nipples. Yum. yum. Yay. We love those. <laughs> yum, yum, yum. Uh, yeah. So I, I hate that there's not like a definitive answer. I don't really know what to... I don't really know. Yeah. Well, you know, I appreciate... I appreciate measures to stop human trafficking, but there are also sometimes those measures are so extreme that they affect others in a negative way. Like there was that whole thing about back Fasta Sesta that affects sex workers in a really negative way. Mm. Yeah, yeah. Was that the whole like taking down back page and stuff like that? Yeah. Yeah. yeah but it went a little bit too far. Right. And uh, well, and even you get to the point of taking down something that says sugar daddy on Instagram. Right. So, exactly. I mean, how much farther is it going to go? Right, <laughs> exactly. Sure. It needs to just be like, what sucks is it needs to be on a case-by-case basis. I guess that's tough for them to do. But like, you can't take something so far that it it affects more than what you're, what you intended, you mm-hmm. know? Because then it ruins people's, well, in that case, their livelihood. Yeah. Um, in your friend's case... I mean, kind of his livelihood. Comedians are like artists. They need Instagram and yeah. Twitter and things like that. I mean, it's like we were saying before, if it doesn't affect like the run of the mill milk toast, like American family, then they don't give a fuck. Right. Right. Not an old white male. Don't care. No, don't yeah. care. Yeah. Yeah. <sighs> it's until he wants to be a sugar daddy that it's, you know, then, then it's a problem. Right. <laughs> and then there are going to be changes. Yeah. yeah. Once he's looking for a fin dom, <laughs> he's going to be fucking screwed. <laughs> you know he's looking for it because those, they're the weirdest of ones. Of course. They're always the weirdest ones. Yes. <laughs> Crazy. Oh, man. Um, Eugene, thank you so much for coming on the show today. Yeah. Thank you guys yeah. for having me. It was uh, great. Oh, yeah. We had a great time. Um, uh, where can people find you online? Ah, I actually made everything pretty good. Uh, my new website is eugenehuffmanart.com. As fresh as that new haircut. Oh, <laughs> there you go. And uh, that's my Instagram as well. And on Facebook, it's also Eugene Huffman Art. And on Twitter, which I'm not on there very much because it's not very art conducive. Sure. Mm-hmm. But you can't have that many letters, so it's abstract Eugene. Abstract Eugene. <laughs> abstract Eugene. Okay, okay great. great. Beautiful. Zach, where can people find us online? Hey, Lee. Thank you so much for asking. Yeah. Uh, I should ask every week. You should. It's crazy. I know. <laughs> as far as, um, it's okay. I pick up the slack. Um, <laughs> no, just, uh, we can be found on Facebook. Uh, we're not together with Zach and Haley. Uh, we're on Instagram, not together podcast. Uh, on Twitter, not together cast. Again, because there's only so many letters yep. on Twitter for whatever reason. Mm-hmm. Um, you can email us at nottogetherpodcast at gmail.com. Uh, we just got a very, very sweet email um, this week. And again, Thank you so much for everybody who wants to just say hi and talk to us. It, it really means a lot. Yeah, we love to hear from you all. Um, it's nice to know that we're not just shouting into the abyss. Right. And that <laughs> there's people listening. Well, the abyss isn't going to stare into itself. <laughs> Sometimes. Or shout at itself, apparently. Yeah. Sometimes you stare at the abyss and the abyss winks. It does. And then it's on. I've seen it. And the abyss sends you an email. <laughs> um, and it's very sweet. Also, uh, if you wouldn't mind sending us a little love on iTunes, leaving a review or a rating, that would mean so, so much for us. Uh, Really can't tell you uh, how much it means when you do that. Yeah. Again, thank you all for listening. Mm -hmm. Thanks so much to our guest, Eugene, for coming on the show. Yes, thank you. Um, Once again, I'm Haley. And I'm Zach. And we're We're not not together. together. Bye. Bye.